as, as many of you know, for many years I worked in business. And uh, one of the things that we were taught when you are leading a business meeting or giving a, a presentation, to always begin by stating what your purpose is for what you were going to talk about. And I think that's something that is really useful for everything that we do in life. Uh, it's really useful for us to know what our purpose is in what we're doing. So it's very important in our meditation, uh, very useful if we are attuned to our purpose. And I think, you know, meditation could be like a lot of things in life. We do it, but we're really not quite sure what our purpose is, or there's a lot of ideas about uh, what the meditation may be for. Uh, within a sitting, and but you know, really within the whole uh, whole structure of our practice. So, what's our purpose for meditation? And the meditation that we do, of course, is mindfulness of breathing primarily. And one of the ways that I find really useful uh, to think about the purpose, our purpose in meditation, uh, is something that uh, Ajahn Lee, who was the great Thai master, uh, used to say that you know, our purpose in meditation is to establish the breath. We do that in the sitting meditation largely. To maintain the breath in our lives and put the breath to good use. I think it's a good way to think about, uh, I know it's a way that I try to think about uh, what the meditation is. And, you know, and when I say think about and have a sense of what the purpose is, I'm talking about really in a very practical way. You know, all right, I've been practicing meditation for all these years. Uh, well, what has the purpose of that been? Uh, what is the purpose of that? So it's not just an idea, uh, you know, if something has a purpose, we use it with an eye to what that purpose is. So, you know, if you have a toaster, its purpose is to toast bread, you know, so you, you know, it's, it's one thing to know that that's what its purpose is, it's another thing to actually put toast bread in it and toast it. Uh, it's the same thing with meditation. So. This first aspect of what our purpose is, is to establish the breath, is to establish the breath. And a good way to think about that is what we're establishing is in the breath, because, you know, that could mean so many things, you know, like I'm, I'm being mindful of the breath. Uh, well, what is that? Why are we mindful of the breath? We're mindful of the breath. Uh, and what our purpose is in being mindful of the breath in the way that we did in this sitting is to establish a place where we can put our minds. Okay, the breath is a place to put the mind. To put the mind. Uh, it's a place to put the mind. Now the breath is uh, uh, part of the body. So, uh, you know, what we're doing is we're establishing uh, this place within the body where we can put the mind. So that's the purpose, really, of the meditation, so that we have a place to put the mind. That we have a place to put the mind. 
So in the sitting, we're really building that place. We're building that place. I mean, you know, it's good to be able to put the mind there in the sitting, but we're also really making this place to put the mind a place that we'll really be able to utilize and rely on. So it's, it's a home for the mind, like the Ajahn said. It's a home for the mind. We're building this home for the mind, a place to put the mind. And we put the mind in this place by using directed thought. We tell ourselves, all right, be mindful of the breath at the belly. Be mindful of the breath at the chest. Be mindful of the full body. So we're establishing this place to put the mind that's in the body. And what that essentially means is we're taking our awareness out of thinking, out of the thinking realm, and putting it in the body and on the breath. Because the mind that is uh, chasing after thought, the mind that's caught in thought, is a mind that is not present, and is the and it's a mind that invariably is afflicted. So our purpose is to find a good place to put the mind and to develop this place, to build this home for the mind, a good home for the mind, a place where we can put the mind. And, and, and I think you know it's really important to remember that when we're meditating. You know, it's like we have this purpose in establishing this place to the mind. Like, remember what our purpose is. I'm building a home for the mind. I'm building a place where I can put my mind. It's like if you were building a house for your, you know, you were building a house for your family. You know, it's like, well, I'm doing all this. And you know, I'm doing all this hammering and nailing and stuff so my family can live in this house. So I know why I'm just not building a house. No, so my family can stay here. So this is what we're doing. It's like we're building this good home for the mind. And, and, and in the meditation, of course, we're residing in that home for the mind. Now, the second part, of course, of... Uh, the meditation, the first part is to put the mind there and uh, we do that again by using directed thought, the thinking mind, what's sometimes known as internal verbal fabrication. We're putting the mind there, so we're establishing this good home for the mind. And then the second thing is, is we're seeing too that, that this is a good place for the mind, that it's easeful. It's pleasurable. It's a place where the mind will be content. Uh, so uh, the way that we do that is through what's known as internal verbal perception. You know, it's like, all right, well, how does this place feel? You know, well, it feels a little agitated. Is there a way that I can breathe in a way that it feels more easeful? What would it feel like if it was more easeful? Okay, that's more easeful. All right. When I breathe in a little bit less and out a little bit more, is a little more easeful. Okay, so you're developing that perception and developing a good place for the mind. This was something I was never taught. I was just taught put the mind somewhere, and a lot of times I would put the mind in some place that was unpleasant, that didn't feel good. Of course, that's not a good home for the mind. 
You know, if you have a, a home where your family wants to stay, you know, you want to have rugs on the floor and nice pictures on the wall and there to be good heating in the winter and maybe air conditioning in the summer. So the mind has a good place to stay, a place where the mind is content to be. You know, once we establish this, you know, think about a home that you live in uh, where you're content, where you're content. So many, so many of us like, like the New Yorkers lament, I don't like where I live, whatever it is. We're building this place that where when we reside there, we're really content. So it's all right, you know, it's like in the meditation, all this thinking is going on and anxiety about something, and the body doesn't feel so good. But you know what, there's a place where I can put my mind where, where I'm content, that feels good. And through the meditation, you know, where again, we're establishing this home. So what we're really ultimately establishing is the ability to keep the mind there. You know, that that spot is always there, the breath is always there for us, that place to put the mind is always there, and, and we're able to put it there no matter what. No matter what. So no matter what we're going through, we're able to keep the mind there. So in the sitting meditation, you know, there may be worry or anxiety or pain in the body, but we've developed this place to the degree that we've developed it so we can keep the mind there. We don't have to go off after the worry and the anxiety and the pain in the body. That's what's known as equanimity. That's really the fruition. That's when you know, you know, your home is fully built. You know, now you can tell your family that they can come and stay there because you've built this strong home for the mind where you're able to keep the mind and it feels good. And then the second aspect of our purpose is to maintain this abiding, to maintain this home for the mind, so that when we're out there in the world, we have a good place to put the mind. In all the situations of our lives, whatever we're doing, we have this place where we can put the mind. So, in the meditation, you know, we're really building this place for the mind and the mind will slip off, but we come back and we're able to keep it there for a while. Uh, you know, when we go out there into the world, it's, it's, it's harder, right? It's harder to maintain, you know, this home for the mind uh, because we get caught up in the things of the world, the pleasures of the world. We get caught up in our thinking, we get caught up in our emotions, we get caught up in our anxieties and our desires and all of those things. So uh, what we try to do is try to remember that we always have this home here. So then we try to maintain. So this is, you know, this is our purpose, is that I have this place where I can put the mind as I go throughout the day that feels good. You know, so that I don't have to be chasing off after these thoughts. Or if I notice that I'm chasing off after these thoughts, I can bring the mind back to this place where you're having feelings of anxiety about something that you have to do. Now, of course, we notice that. We bring our attention to that with love and with compassion. But then we put the mind in this place that's good. So that as we go throughout the course of the day, you know, you know it's like the Thai Ajahn, Ajahn Lee said, most people are like you know, somebody who's homeless. You go out there into the world and you're just at the mercy of your thinking and your emotions and the way the body feels and all of these other things. 
But as a meditator who's established this home for the mind, you're not at the mercy of all those things because you can put your mind in a good place. So, you know, as I go throughout the course of my day, I try to remember to keep the mind here, to keep the mind right here, because it's a good place to put the mind. It's a good place for me to put my mind. Uh, certainly when I see I'm starting to go off after certain kind of thinking. Oh, I haven't taught the class in two months. How am I going to do that? All right, I can see that. Come back to the mind. Keep my mind there. Oh, here's a place of ease and well-being. I have some anxiety about something that I have to do. All right, I can see that. I can come back to this place. I can reside right here. So we try to maintain this abiding, this pleasurable place to put the mind, and we try to keep it there as we go throughout the course of our days. And again, we're not going to be able to keep it there all the time, but uh, you know, the more that we're able to keep it there, uh, the more that we're able to go through life with a sense of ease and a sense of well-being and a sense of confidence that, you know what, I can keep my mind right here. You know, I noticed a lot, you know, I'd be traveling and I'd have to do different things or I'd be staying in a foreign city for a couple of months and sometimes there'd be fear. You know, I was like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And the fear would start to grasp me and I would notice it and I was like, well, you can just put your mind right here. You don't need to go into that. You know, you have a good place for the mind. Just keep the mind right there. So, when we're able to keep the mind there, uh, and this is really what you could call the fruition of our practice in terms of the purpose of our practice, when we're able to keep the mind there, then we're able to put the mind to good use. You know, or we're able to put the breath to good use. Uh, so when we're able to keep the mind with the breath and in the body, and there's a sense of ease as we go throughout the course of our days, then we're able to practice discernment, or what we sometimes call heedfulness. Heedfulness is really the, the proper term. So when we're able to keep the mind right here in this place, we're able to practice heedfulness, which is really we're able to attend to what we're doing. What am I doing? You know, most of us, you know, don't really pay so much attention to what we're doing. We're caught up in our habitual patterns of life and doing things. So when we're present, when we're able to keep the mind here, uh, we're able to practice heedfulness. We're able to discern, what am I doing? Is what I'm doing causing suffering for myself? Am I caught up in thinking? Am I caught up in worrying or desiring? the actions that I'm taking right now. Are those actions leading to suffering or are they leading to happiness? Oh, I'm about to go do this. Is that action really leading to happiness of heart or is it leading to suffering? The actions that I'm thinking about doing going forward, are they leading to happiness or are they leading to suffering? we're able to ask, what do I need to do? What do I need to do that's going to alleviate my suffering? What do I need to do that's gonna move me towards happiness? Right now, in this moment, what do I need to do? What do I need to do going forward? What is action 
that is action that's coming from the heart. It's an expression of love for others, but more importantly, an expression of self-love. Because when we're able to come out of our head into the breath and into the body and rest here, then we're able to be connected to the heart. Then we're able to be connected to the heart and stay connected to the heart and to know and to know what is action that's coming straight from the heart. So more and more we're able to live in the heart. This is why we practice. And we're maintaining this easeful place, which in and of itself is good throughout the course of the day, but we're also staying connected to our heart so that we can live from the heart, so that we can live from a place of love, so that we can live from a place of compassion. The Buddha often ended his Dharma talks, uh, and I've often talked about this by saying, you know, over there are the roots of trees, over there are abandoned buildings. Practice jhana monks, don't be heedless, don't later fall into regret. So over there are the roots of trees, over there are abandoned buildings, places to meditate. Establish the breath. Practice jhana, that's what we're talking about. Jhana, meditation, concentration putting the mind on the breath and the body, cultivating an easeful abiding, making that abiding really strong. That's jhana. Practice jhana. Don't be heedless. Be heedful. Pay attention to your actions. Practice jhana so that you have this abiding in the body, that you're able to stay present, and then you're able to be heedful. You're able to discern which actions are coming from the heart, which actions are heartful. I mean, some of this, I know for me, was completely uh, theoretical until I was really able to establish the breath to the point where I could maintain it during the day and then be connected enough to my heart to be able to really look at my actions. And that was astonishing once I started to see, oh, you know, those actions aren't in accord with my heart. Well, those actions are. But up until that point, that was all theoretical. You know, the actions that I took in life were primarily arbitrary. It was sort of a guess that that was going to be good for me. And once you're connected to the heart, you know, it's not a guessing game. It's like you know. You know. But the only way that you get to know within the confines of the Buddhist teaching is establishing the breath, maintaining it, and being able to be connected to the heart, to one who knows, to your innate wisdom, to the place of love and compassion. So practice jhana, don't be heedless, don't later fall into regret. And I think sometimes, you know, we can, of course, these things can be interpreted, uh, but the way that I like to think about that, don't later fall into regret, what that means is, we don't want to regret that we didn't take actions in our lives that didn't lead us to happiness. We didn't take the actions that we could have taken that would have led us to happiness. We didn't take action. We didn't do what we could have done. So practice jhana, don't be heedless, so that we can take actions that will lead to happiness, so that we'll know happiness in this life. So when this life is coming to its end, we won't regret that we didn't live 
from the heart that we didn't make the most out of our lives. Because the practice is all about action. I mean, this is our purpose for meditating. It's so that we can take action that comes straight from the heart. Our happiness depends upon the actions that we take. The practice of meditation enables us to take action that's informed by our wish to be happy.